0: Hello, Oyster Bay. My name is Mark Rutkowski, and this is the Oyster Bay Arena. The Arena is a podcast about Oyster Bay, and this is our first episode. Uh, our intent here with this podcast is to educate you, entertain you, and inform you. And we are focused on local news, uh, events, businesses, politics, education, lifestyle, and personalities. In short, anything of interest to the citizens of our hamlet and to our neighbors. Our format is a long form interview with people who are making our town the great place that it is. Local business owners, politicians, educators, the heads of nonprofits, local gadflies, anybody with an interesting story to tell that relates in some way to Oyster Bay. So a little bit about me. Uh, I'm a lawyer by training and trade. I grew up the street in Syosset, but I also attended St. Dominic's Elementary in the late 1970s. Should give you an idea of how old I am. Um, I can recall eating at Nino's Pizzeria in the mid-70s when it was new. Although it, it kind of looked the same now that I think back on it. But um, Anyway, uh, moved to the city for 10 years after college and law school. Came back uh, about seven or eight years ago. Bought a house in Oyster Bay with my wife Erin. We've been raising our three boys here. Um for hobbies, I like to run. You can see me early in the morning hoofing around town with a flashlight. Uh, I'm also a scuba diver. Talk more about that a little bit later, but in the summer, you can find me off Walls Wharf uh, diving in the sound. Uh, I got the idea for starting a local podcast because uh, it seemed like the current method of communicating with my neighbors over social media was just unsatisfying on a couple of levels. Uh, Facebook's a pretty limited platform uh, when you're trying to really get down into an issue uh, and analyze it in any depth. And uh, you know, discussions on Facebook usually just devolve into people shouting their opinions at one another uh, without any real communication going on. At least that's been my experience. Um, and, and I'm hoping by providing in-depth analysis of community issues, Um, and as well as a forum on, on Facebook, uh, for people to comment on what they've listened to or suggest, um, alternative guests who might provide a counterpoint to what I've presented, um, that we can improve, uh, lines of communication and and make the town a better place for all of us. Um. I mean, we're, we're going to delve into some politics, but this is not a political show. I certainly have my own view of things, but um, there are other forums for me to express that view. And and really, I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be a, a positive uh, experience here for everyone. Yeah, so we're going to do a deep dive into, into, into community issues. We're going to talk to people face-to-face rather than shouting at each other on the internet. Um, my aspiration is to release a show every week, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm new to this, I'm new to the equipment, I'm new to the software, and in addition to a full-time job and th- raising three boys, uh, I'm trying to squeeze this You know, whenever I have some spare time. So uh, if the schedule's a little irregular in the beginning, I apologize for that. Also, I'm only one guy uh, with a microphone. Oh, well, I have two microphones, one for the guests and one for me. But uh, so I may run out of ideas relatively quickly, But if you folks have ideas about topics that you want to hear uh, analyzed or discussed or guess that you think might be interesting, uh, you can post them on our Facebook page. And to find the Facebook page, you just go to the Facebook search bar at the top of the page uh, and type in Oyster Bay Arena. And we should be the first page that pops up. At least we were today. Um, Alternatively, you could email me. Mark, M-A-R-K, at OysterBayArena.com. So when you go to the Facebook page, you want to like it. Click like and uh, join the page. Um, And that should get you all the information. And every time something's posted, you'll get notified. Or you can set the notifications if uh, you don't want to be notified. Every time I say something or post something, um, there's settings on there that you can can fiddle with. Uh, If you're a community organization with an event coming up and you want to publicize it, Send me an email and I'll mention it in an upcoming episode. Uh, I can also give you the opportunity to plug it on the podcast in person. I believe I can record Skype calls somehow, although I have not actually done that yet. Uh, Show notes and a link to the episode will be found on Facebook. I have a podcast hosting service, Podbean, Um, so that should be up and running by the time this episode is posted. You should be able to find the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and the like. Uh, So, on to the interviews. Today, I have a a fun interview for you. Uh, Danny Rivera, who is a local scuba instructor and small business owner, came to the arena uh, studio uh, for a talk. And we talk uh, a little bit about history, ferries across Long Island Sound, submarines in Bayville, uh, as well as the challenges... uh, Faced by running a business in a town with less than 7,000 people? Uh, where do you get your customers? Um, and how do you market yourself? Um, we also talk a little bit about the town itself, um, you know, just kind of musing on what makes a successful business in Oyster Bay. Um, right. If I had the answer to that, <clears throat> I could make a, a lot of money probably. Um, anyway, I'm going to play that for you now. Uh, the introduction may be a little duplicative since this was intended to be, uh, the interview was intended to be standalone, uh, but I sort of folded into this first episode. So you had something to listen to other than me blabbing on and on. Uh, if you like the episode or if you don't like it, uh, post comments on the Facebook page. Also, if you have any suggestions about a uh, different approach that you think we should be taking, I'd love to to hear your thoughts. And so without any further ado, here's a conversation between myself and danny rivera and hope you enjoy it and see you next week hey oyster bay this is mark your podcast host here on the arena Uh, this week we have a great guest for you uh danny rivera he is a dive instructor an author an oyster bay resident an EMT and a family man. And somehow he manages to juggle all those things quite well. So here's my conversation with Danny. I have a couple of bios that I pulled off of your book that you wrote, Scuba Diving on Long Island, and a website that I think I, I found when doing some research. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to just read those off and you tell me if, I, if there's anything I left out. Okay. Uh, I can think of a couple of things off the top of my head, but Uh, Okay, so when not underwater, Danny can be found in the back of an ambulance, providing medical care as a paramedic. As a dive instructor, Danny has been interviewed for Scuba Diving magazine and has written four nationally recognized scuba courses. Danny is also known for his Cuban espresso that he serves on the local Northeast dive boats. Danny resides in Oyster Bay, New York, with his lovely wife and his two adorable children. Uh, Danny started his dive career as an open water diver in 2004 after several years of climbing the rungs of more advanced scuba training, Danny started his company, Good Life Divers, in 2011. Good Life Divers was created to bring personalized, fun, and quality scuba diving lessons and certification courses to Long Island and the surrounding area. Uh, and since then, Danny has been diving and training all over the world. A couple of things that I noticed were missing right away were uh, uh, maker of quality pizza.
1: Oh yes, yeah, the- I'm, gonna, the- I'm gonna have to change my uh, my bio on my book and the website uh let 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 us not uh, forget that's quite an art <laughs> uh the, the creation of good pizza dough
0: um also an oyster bay phenomenon right pizza is a big thing here there's a lot of pizzerias
1: well, uh, well we've lost a few of them over the years and, yeah uh, but uh yeah we have some good pizza here in oyster bay yes also a uh, guitar player yes yep yeah. guitar player yeah. um so diving in
0: oyster bay not when you look at Oyster Bay, the first thing that comes to mind is not, geez, let me put a tank on my back and go, go swimming <laughs> around under there. Uh, looks a little murky at times um, and, and not really a place that you'd, you'd want to spend a lot of time diving. What on earth possessed you to look at that body of water and say, you know what, I want to go under there?
1: Well, all right. So to be honest, uh, when I first started diving, uh, that wasn't my feeling at all. We, uh, I was diving for the fire department here in Oyster Bay, so we didn't really have a choice of where we were going to go diving. Uh, this just happened to be our local uh, area of response. So we had to go to Beekman Beach, we had to go into the harbor, we had to uh, go to West Beach and all these other places and, and surrounding sound, just because it's, that, was, that was our job as a dive team. Uh, later on after diving here and there, I realized that there can be some spectacular sights here uh, and it can be a lot of fun. And it's far, far cheaper to dive here than to go travel down to a Caribbean island, uh, even though it might not be as good.
0: Right. I mean, that's certainly a consideration. Uh, it was a consideration for me when I started taking classes with you back a few years ago. Um, Live here, dive here, right? Is the is the yeah, saying? Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, the diving in the bay is is I would say secondary to the diving in Bayville, which is I've actually been there on some some very nice days. Mm-hmm. We, we have great visibility and. Most people aren't aware there's there's things to see under there. There's a, there's even a submarine.
1: There is a submarine. Uh, we, we should talk about that more in depth. Uh, but, yeah, there is a submarine. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of... Uh, we, we have really good days out here, uh, especially during the spring and the uh, late fall, uh, where the visibility can... It's not going to rival uh, the Caribbean, but it's going to be very enjoyable. Of course, there's other days where it's a couple feet and... Uh, it, the conditions become challenging, and uh, that's what majority of people get into. And they say, "Oh man, this isn't for me." You know, rather than stick it out and actually see those days where it's twenty, thirty feet, and it's nice blue water, and it's really enjoyable.
0: Well, if if you learn to dive up here, you're probably getting a pretty good skill set uh, that you can use anywhere. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's what we tell people. <laughs> the, you know, well, I mean, the, the conditions here are, uh, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag, right? I mean, there's, there's good days, not so good days, but, uh, what, did you have some information about that submarine you wanted to share?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, we could talk about the submarine. You gotta, you gotta mention the, the history of Ferry Beach in that area. So, uh, way back when, uh, pre-revolutionary, uh, Bevo was part of Oyster Bay. It was just one gigantic area. there wasn't a like separation of villages and stuff. So I th- it was like 16, 1760-something-ish, uh, where the first permit was received by King George for the Oyster Bay Rye, New York ferry line. Mm. And, uh, and that ferry ran on horsepower, horse like paddle power. Wow. So I can't, they I can't particularly imagine. They the how horses it walking <laughs> around on the deck and the and turning would, the wheel. Uh, something like that i I thought it would well i never seen it so i thought it was more like a treadmill where they were oh yeah uh but i don't know and i I never seen any like schematics or like deck plans of the uh of the ferry but uh so that ran from oyster bay or matinecock point all the way to rye new york uh took about an hour and a half so faster than today's drive oh absolutely (laughs) yeah you could be stuck on the bridge for an hour and a half already uh so so that started in the Prior to the Revolutionary War, and there's been a car ferry or some sort of ferry since then, uh, up until the 1930s, really. Mm. So in the early 1900s, uh, we had a uh, ferry service from Bayville to Rye or to Greenport or Bridgeport, one of those uh, Connecticut areas. Or Stanford, which would probably make the most sense. And that that
0: left from Oyster Bay? That left from Bayville. Bayville, Bayville.
1: Right at Ferry Beach in Bayville, or right where the Crescent Club is now. Oh, yeah. Uh, So there used to be a pier there and everything. Uh, And that was a fairly successful business. They ran like five or six ferries a day, or one on every hour. And uh, they needed a way to protect the ferry from the north north winds during uh, winter storms that we got. Mm. So they tried a couple of different things. They tried to... uh, put a gigantic barge uh, to kind of block the, uh, the pier so it wouldn't uh, get destroyed. Uh, They tried using breakwaters and in the thirties, they decided to sink uh, three submarines, three world war one area submarines uh, right off of the beach. So two of them got buried in the beach and one got buried as a, uh, as a breakwater for the pier. Uh, During world war two, all of the steel from the submarines that was still there was removed in order to uh, uh, ration the steel that we have. So since the 30s, these uh, the submarines have been deteriorating to the point where they're almost unrecognizable in the water. Uh, they still do, if you actually see them underwater or see videos or pictures of them, they still can resemble submarine parts. Mm-hmm. You just have to use your imagination. Uh, you no, know, they're very shallow, so they've been taking a lot of abuse for the past 70, 80, 90 years.
0: Well, I've seen the... Uh what do you
1: call it the plane i guess it is the or the back oh the uh the stabilizer right? yeah there's a tail stabilizer tail stabilizer yeah there's a, you could see the uh, you could still turn the one of the props on mm-hmm. the uh on the submarine down there uh there is a torpedo door that you could uh, you could see and there's a conning tower those are probably the most recognizable pieces and and and
0: it's really it's just sort of right off the beach isn't it cuz well yeah it's literally part yeah. of the beach it's it's a great uh, first first time <clears throat> dive for somebody that uh in fact, my son who took lessons with you last summer, that was his checkout dive. Right, mm-hmm. we went out and, uh, you know, found the submarine, which which is not always easy to find. <laughs> um, you know, I, and, and and it just goes to show how the how the environment there can change on a dime. Uh, the first day of his the, of his diving last year, mm. we it was about you know uh, a foot visibility. Could see very little. I would say like three. (laughs) But you're an eternal optimist when it comes to the dive conditions around here. I I would say more like a foot, but but that's me. But then the second day when, when the wind stopped blowing, we went back out there, back in the water. It had to be at least 10 or 15 feet. Yeah. Um, which it's much more pleasant when, when the wind's not kicking up, uh, you know, both from a visibility standpoint and from a comfort standpoint underwater.
1: Well, I think that's all you really need is 10, 15 feet visibility. I mean, how far you really want to see. Yeah, it's, that's all you need. <laughs> how much do you want, though? Uh, you know, it's always interesting to, to dive
0: uh, off the beach in Bayville because you come out of that water and there's people walking their dogs down the beach and they just <laughs> yeah. look at you like you're, like you're from
1: another planet. Uh, and I think and, the locals are the better... Uh, uh, thing to find on the beach when you come back and cause they, they know more about the, the history there than anybody yeah. else. And they all know the different versions of the history mm-hmm. of anybody else. So you come back and you know, you could do 20 years of research on these submarines and all these wrecks there. And then they come out like, no, no, that's a, that's a barge. My friend Billy, uh, sank uh, five years ago. Or have you found my shopping cart I left over there? <laughs>
0: yeah. There's definitely a lot of institutional knowledge from those <laughs> folks yeah. around, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's definitely an interesting interesting place to dive. I mean, diving on Long Island as a whole. I mean, there are better places to to dive on Long Island than Bayville, right? I absolutely. Mean,
1: uh, yeah. um, well, I don't want to say absolutely. That sounded too uh, enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are there are very good areas on Long Island to go dive, especially shore diving. There's better. There might be better places further out east uh, where the visibility tends to be a bit better or more consistent. Yeah. The thing that I think that blew my mind is, uh, there's a, there's a place out east called the
0: Ponquag bridge, mm-hmm. um, which goes between Dune road and what is that East Hampton, South,
1: Southampton, Hampton, uh, Hampton bays,
0: Hampton bays, uh, on the ocean facing side of the bridge, uh, you go diving there in August and you're liable to see tropical fish mm-hmm. sometimes, right. Uh, that are caught up in the Gulf stream and, okay. and end up there.
1: Tropical fish, uh, seahorses stingrays you could get all manners of uh sea life that come right through there the uh the inlet's only maybe a few hundred yards away so we get a, a nice influx of uh, ocean going animals that mm. kind of swim through there and it's a nice protected area so even on the worst days uh i remember I think we dove there during hurricane sandy uh it wasn't sandy but it was the one i think the one yeah, right afterwards right we actually we went for a dive there and uh the winds were up, but uh, the diving conditions were actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because some some newer divers sometimes say, "Are, are we still going to go diving? It's raining." <laughs> I mean, you, really, <laughs> you, you don't want underwater, get wet, water, you, water. you know? It's, it's, yeah, you don't want to get wet. So, you you literally wrote the book on uh, scuba scuba diving on Long Island, right? I mean, I'm looking at it right here. It's called <laughs> Scuba Dive Long Island by Danny Rivera, uh, the Diver's Guide to the Beaches of Long Island, New York. And uh, I mean, this is this is a pretty massive bit of research that had to go into this thing. How long did
1: that take you to write? It took about two years of research diving and then uh, finally editing, which is probably the hardest part. Mm. Um, Like anything, a project takes as long as you give it. So I could have done it in a year. I could have done it in six months if that's all I kind of focused on. Uh, But with everything else, running the business, having the kids uh, or having the one kid at the time Mm -hmm. uh, and actually working a full-time job, uh, this kind of got put, it was the priority and then not the priority for a while. <laughs> and then it became the priority when I actually put a date out that I was going to start shipping them. And then it was like, Oh man, I really got to get that done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it took, it took about two years of, of work to get it done, uh, by me and mostly, uh, my wife doing all the editing. Oh, your wife's uh, Kitty. Yes. Kitty. Yes. Um,
0: you guys, um, the, the, the book is really something, um, the, uh, it basically deals with just shore diving on Long Island, right? Is, yes. it, is there other yeah. diving on the, uh, you can do off
1: Long Island? Yep. Uh, Long Island or the, this area of New York is uh, specifically known for our wreck diving. Uh, so we have five or six dive boats on the south shore of Long Island and uh, maybe one on the north shore. I don't know if they're still running. Uh, that hits the, uh, the wrecks in the, uh, in the ocean. And uh, that can be some really spectacular diving. Uh, we have a lot of lot of history, uh, just on the entrance into New York City being the uh, biggest shipping port in the world, uh, and has been since the 1600s. So there's a lot of history, a lot of wrecks, uh, a lot of World War II wrecks specifically, and mm. uh, yeah, there's there could be some really incredible diving on the boats.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely attest to, to that. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely not the warm. Warm waters of the Caribbean, though you need to
1: have yourself prepared with the dry suit or something, right? I mean, yeah, it's a, it, it can be a little cold, mm-hmm. uh, depending on this time of year. Now the bottom temperatures are in the 40s, uh, and there's no thermocline, so you're you're in 40 degree water pretty much all the way from 130 feet to the surface. Uh, but during the summer, especially around uh, July, and uh, and later in the early fall. Uh, you'll get a nice thermocline, so you'll have a seventy-degree or sixty-degree uh, uh, kind of line right there when you get up to twenty or so feet.
0: That's warm, folks. 60 yeah, degrees. <laughs> that's that's comfortable. <laughs> it, it is indeed. Um, so, diving in the sound, just to switch back to the North Shore mm-hmm. for a minute. Um, <clears throat> have you noticed any in the time you've been diving there any differences in the in the wildlife? Is it is it does it seem like the sound is getting cleaner? Is it getting better, or have you not noticed much of a difference? Because I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid in the you know in the '70s, going diving off Center Island Beach on the
1: Sound side, and there was like there was nothing there; it was just dead. Um, I think it's getting better. Uh, in the past, at least ten years, uh, the water quality has definitely improved. Uh, there's a return of lobsters. Uh, if you talk to the clamors and stuff, they'll probably say that. This is the worst it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually being underwater, looking, there, there is a difference. Uh, we're getting a lot more uh, marine life, uh, even on the South Shore, where we're getting more whale sightings, dolphin sightings. Uh, where the water quality is improving around New York, and I think that was a very conscious effort by the uh, the state and the federal government. to. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a, but they, they did have to make an effort. It didn't just happen. Right, right.
0: And, uh, you know, there, there, there are some fishermen and some
1: boat captains who may have different opinions about the role of the federal government in there, <laughs> but, uh, no. um, not can- saying good, bad, or indifferent, but there has been major improvements, uh, in the water quality. I mean, it's not perfect. Uh, you know, years ago, you would hear stories of guys being able to go to center Island, uh, and just load up on lobsters for dinner, Wow! Uh, just walking out into the water or waiting out there. Uh, now I have, I've seen one or two within the past, few years of diving which is more than I've seen 10 years ago which was zero did you eat them I did (laughs) I I got one (laughs) let him get a toe (laughs) (laughs) toehold I did I gave him two years to grow Uh, when (laughs) I first found him uh, this was at the submarine I found him uh, in a hole he was just a little too small and I said all right I'll be back for you and two (laughs) years later I found a lobster again on a on the submarine and I and I took him and he was he was a nice juicy two pound lobster (laughs) He should have learned his lesson, man. The <laughs> first should've... time he saw you, he should have headed for deeper well, water. Nope, he decided to stay there, and that's what he—that's uh, what he gets. <laughs> so, how did you? Uh, how did you end up in Oyster Bay?
0: Were you from? Are you from here? You no, from so I'm here? from Elizabeth,
1: New Jersey. Um, I, I always ask
0: people if they're from here because nine times out of ten in Oyster Bay, they are from here. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of people that are from here, like third generation Oyster Bay. It's a know. good place to grow
1: up. Uh, no, so I grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey, uh, which is right over the Gothel's bridge. Uh, oh, yeah. so it's, um, it's not known for being a really nice, nice area. So when I finished high school, I was looking at colleges and I found uh, five towns college out in Dix Hills, uh, that offered a music program. And at that time in my life, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I figured, well, well, I'm good at music. I'm just going to be I'm going to go be a music teacher. Or I'll go be a jazz performer or do something. Uh, so I looked at apartments down in Massapequa and Seaford uh, just because that's what I called up a realtor. And they said, yeah, we have places down there. And uh, I saw the sign for the Seaford Oyster Bay Expressway when I was driving back to Jersey. And I said, yeah, Oyster Bay sounds nice. So it's <laughs> a great name. <laughs> yeah, for, it's a really <laughs> good name. I was like, well, that's going to be cool because it's got to be by the water. There might be, you know might be a cool little fishing village or something like that that's what it sounds like it sounded mm-hmm. really quaint on that sign so i called up a, a realtor i said uh find me a place in oyster bay and uh and she was able to find me an apartment in oyster bay i drove into the town i said yeah this is exactly yeah. what i was picturing and uh and that was it and i haven't left yeah <laughs>
0: well and and i think the town's better better for having you here oh, um you, cer- certainly you know I've, I've benefited from your uh your your diving wisdom and and not so much from the pizza wisdom because I I can't make a pizza dough to save my life, but such is life. But they are delicious though. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. I've
1: been working out it. We actually had it for lunch today. Did you really? Yeah, I made one.
0: That's awesome. Um, so, when you were thinking about starting to set up uh, Good Life Divers in 2011, um, I mean, you don't you don't have a physical storefront, no, right? Um, was there was there a reason for that? Or was it was it just cost cost based? Basically, you could be more efficient or you were just starting small or
1: just starting small. I, uh, I wanted to be able to, to teach the classes that I wanted to teach. I didn't want to have to work for, uh, for anybody. Uh, and, and again, this was also going to be a, just a part-time job, mm-hmm. uh, you know, teaching a class here and there. I never imagined it would be where it is today. So I, I didn't really think there was a need for a storefront and I didn't sell anything at that point. So when I first started, it was, I was teaching four or five classes a year, And that was the first year. The second year was 40 classes. You know, last year, I think I did 130. Wow. That's amazing. So
0: it's starting a (laughs) a lot of people off down the road of scuba diving. Plus the, uh, the advanced classes. Yeah. So So, that's a, that's the thing about scuba diving is, you know, it's, it's a little like, uh, I don't know, like Lay's potato chips (laughs) or crack, you know, (laughs) once you start, it's kind of hard to stop. Uh, Even up here. I mean, the, the, you know, most people think they want to dive in the Caribbean, but you know you've, you've definitely converted me to uh, to local diving. There's there's some incredible spots, you know. Aside from that Ponquag Bridge, um, I think one of my favorite, my two favorite spots. There's one like right in the, <laughs> at the base of the Shoreham, the decommissioned Shoreham nuclear power plant. Yeah, yeah that's a good. Which sign. is a great spot, uh, and and then what's the what's the, with all the stairs? Oh, the lightest
1: point Horton's
0: point. Now Horton. that is some
1: spot that, yeah, that could be really incredible. Yeah. Uh, especially cause the visibility there is usually very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, even on the worst days, it's still, still decent, but it, there's 106 steps to get up and down yes. to the dive site. It's a
0: good place to, uh, carry just one tank
1: rather than two. <laughs> um, I've only done it on a rebreather. I've never actually dove that, uh, that site with a, uh, with a single tank. You know, so well, I, I did. <laughs> and
0: and when I got down I, to the bottom, I remember I left the GoPro in the car. So I had to turn around and walk back up 106 steps.
1: And you're probably the only person that would have gone back up to go I, get the I,
0: I left the tank on the beach. <laughs> no, that's the way to do I it. I figured it would be there
1: when I got back. Yeah, and I'm the, I, I, I could forget my mask and I'm not walking back up those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a haul after you've been... Especially on the way back after you've been waitless for, you know, an hour or so. Yeah, absolutely. hit <laughs> the beach, it's like, ah, no, thank you. Well, that's what keeps the site nice, I think, because you don't have a lot of people going down there. Even uh, locals and fishermen and stuff like that, there's not the, the there's not a lot of people using that beach right. and polluting it. So I think that's a really special place. Yeah. And uh, the fact that the stairs are there is what makes it nice comes with a cranky lighthouse keeper too. <laughs> he's not. He's not cranky. Uh, just in case you ever listen to this, he's not cranky. He's a great guy. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's a,
0: he's a wonderful man for allowing <laughs> divers to even access that parking lot at all. Because yeah. if, if you couldn't
1: park there, where would where would you park? Right? Yeah, well, you uh, would have to get a parking permit for the town of uh, Southwold. Oh, uh, which is reasonable. Yeah, uh, it's actually more reasonable than the town of Oyster Bay uh, parking permits. Well, yeah, I mean that's <laughs> there's. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, if you're not
0: if you're not a resident to to, to get into a town beach here is uh,
1: it's, it's absurd. It's like completely cost prohibitive. Do you do you recall what it is? I, I it's only valid from Monday through Thursday, and I believe it's fifty dollars a day. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of squares with my recollection. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, this was information I was looking at for the book, and so it might be old, or I might have it off by a couple numbers, but I know that it wasn't for the weekends, and you had to pay daily.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, there's an argument for restricting beaches to, to folks
1: from the town, but
0: I, I don't know. I I don't know where I really stand on that. I, I, I think it's an island. If you're a resident of Long Island, you should have access to Long Island beaches. You know,
1: that's, uh, I mean, I I could see both sides of it. Uh, I just think that it's just absurd. You're, you, I mean, you're charging that much. just because you're really don't want people to come out. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's, it's just to sort of keep, keep people out. But at that point, you might as well make it three hundred dollars a day, you know. Right, yeah, somebody, somebody might, might want to yeah. pay the fifty dollars, even then. if you only get one. Yeah, right, right.
0: But nobody wants to pay the three hundred, and, and if somebody does, that it's like that's like six people paying fifty, so you're, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> the the folks, even if you don't scuba dive, you should pick up a copy of Danny's book just because uh, he's got a whole section on how to like get permits to what beaches, which is. I don't know if you've ever tried to look online for how to, how to go about getting a permit to get on some of these Hampton beaches or South shore beaches in the summertime. It's a, it's a mystery to me, but he's, he's done the legwork on that. Um, so I mean, to me, that's, that's, that's a worthwhile reason to buy the book in and of itself. Um, you know, I, I remember there used to be a local dive shop in Syosset called Seascapes and they would do like my wife, Erin did her checkout dives at Beekman beach. Mm -hmm. which
1: that's where I did uh, one of my, uh, checkout dives. Yeah.
0: That I can't, I can't imagine diving there. Um, and now, you know, they've, they've been restricting that beach to town residents. The last, I guess it started last summer. They put up up a fence, they have a little booth, they have a little college kid sitting in there. (laughs) It looks very (laughs) nervous when people (laughs) drive by, um, you know, I, it, it, to be honest, that completely, I lost my mind when I saw that because. <laughs> I, I agree. What do you, uh,
1: I think the first, cause I like to kind of drive in there if I'm trying to get the kids to sleep or. Yeah. If I just want to go for a drive around town, uh, you know, they're just pulling to Beekman beach and kind of just sit at the water and uh, and, and hang out. You know, the first time the guy came up to the car, said, I need to see your license. I said, what are you, what are you a cop? <laughs> yeah. It, and and it, it's very, it's weirdly inconsistent because there's, you know, in theory, the,
0: the town of, you know the the roosevelt should have a gate across it right i mean
1: well uh, well they do right i mean they have the uh
0: they do but but it, it seems to me well okay i guess i guess we're talking about two different things because at beekman
1: at night there's a gate and they lock the gate and you actually can't get in there at which, all that's a new, that started last year right right that started last so because we used to be able to go in. yeah you used to be able to go in there whenever you wanted
0: it's a pain in the ass if you want to do a sunset paddleboard thing because you gotta <laughs> yeah. park over by the waterfront center and, and drag your paddleboard, you know.
1: Well just throw it over the uh the pier and then just kinda, you know, jump in.
0: <laughs> that pier, interesting that pier. Um it's been closed for a long time, reopened, closed. I mean I mean the the storms we've been getting on the north shore lately have been really mm-hmm. been wreaking havoc with the with the mm-hmm. that area down there. Um but that that just reminded me of something I wanted to ask you about because uh certainly uh one part of of being a, a well known local diver is being called upon when things go overboard, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I I remember you mentioning last year, um doing a little diving under that pier to retrieve yeah the, the odd pier, uh, item
1: yeah. <laughs> here and there uh, how, how
0: often does that happen
1: not as often as I like because there it <laughs> is it's quite lucrative uh, and, and uh, I would I would do that kind of you know as a it's a lot easier to look for something than to, to teach a class or something like that so uh, yeah I would if you if you lose something by all means call me and I'll, I have no problem going out there I'll drop everything I'm doing uh, but what, what are people dropping in there everything? Yeah, yeah, everything. I and mean, the cell phone I can't yeah. imagine is
0: worth anything once you get it
1: back. A lot of the so I don't think that if I drop my cell phone in the water, right, then I'm just going to walk yeah. away with my life and just you know I'll get a new <laughs> right. one. But uh, uh, sometimes when you have insurance policies, on yeah, you phones, have to turn in. You the, have to turn right. in a phone, That's right, right. Whether or not it's your phone, uh, you know, not to encourage any illegal activity, but yeah. So they need the phone. Uh, sometimes the SIM cards are still good in uh, certain uh, phones right. that they are waterproof. Uh, I last, I believe it was two years ago, I found the phone a GoPro camera mm. uh, with a complete like setup on it because a guy dropped it over the uh, the pier. And on on that dive, I found three other phones plus the GoPro and a bunch of other things. So it was actually a really good dive right there. So so you went in to, to get one thing and you came up with like five things? Yeah, well, you don't want to leave them just in case somebody else yeah, calls sure. you. Right <laughs> you yeah, have, uh, have a whole <laughs> bucket worth of uh, found goods. That's pretty cool.
0: So yeah, tell I, them you're going to go, yeah, man, it took me hours to find this
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the uh, the part of it. So I charge by the hour to go uh, look for these items. And, you know, you you got to get paid either way if you find them or if you don't. Hmm. So when you find something within two seconds, you kind of feel bad and it's like, all right, let me do a couple laps, you know, make it look like I'm really uh, trying <laughs> for this. <laughs> but then on other times it takes you three days and you still can't find the object. So it makes up for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I,
0: I, I remember a day we went diving uh, a couple of years ago off of a pier in North Hempstead beach, I think <laughs> yeah. over there. And, uh, one of our, one of our diving pals dropped a, I think it was a brand new GoPro, brand new GoPro. Brand first new GoPro. time we ever
1: came out diving with it.
0: And, uh, man, when I, when I think about dives that I've been on that have no visibility, that one
1: pops into my head. Like I didn't think it was, it was like an inch. <laughs> it was way more than that. three inches. Uh, or I was, I was at least a, a foot or two.
0: I don't know how you found that GoPro because <laughs> that thing was, uh, uh, oh, and the bottom was also really soft, spongy mud. Yeah, just all yeah. mud and silt
1: there. Yeah, uh, yeah just uh, just going slowly, staying off the bottom and just trying to think it through where, where things would have gone.
0: I mean, I, I imagine some of your, uh, your rescue training,
1: diving training uh, comes into play I, there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. A lot of the mentality uh, rather than the techniques, uh, just concentrating and focusing on what you need to do and mm. uh, you know these whenever something goes into the water and doesn't float away you know three miles instantly so it's usually right where you dropped it you know <laughs> yeah. and, and, it, and it sounds so like uh so easy to say that but uh trick is when you're under there and you're swimming
0: around and you realize you dropped it 10 minutes later yeah you don't that's, really know where you that's dropped the problem it. <laughs> so then you have the to search be really area's good pretty about,
1: wide you got to be good about tracing your steps uh, but I found uh, tons of stuff uh, just doing that. I found a bunch of fishing poles, uh, which I don't know how people have lost fishing poles at the beach. Uh, they, they rest them on the rail. They pop open a
0: can of beer and there, <laughs> yeah. there goes. It's certainly not fish that are taking them. Cause... No, no. Cause these things are completely <laughs> yeah. like
1: a, the unused fishing poles. So, oh. so I assume that most people would just get frustrated and just roll. <laughs> having occasionally
0: fished there. I, I think that's probably what <laughs> that happens. Is. There's not a, a, a large amount of fish, uh, off that pier in Oyster Bay. Um, so uh, what's it like running a business in Oyster Bay? Um, any
1: I don't, thoughts about it? It's a, uh, I mean, are location wise, it's probably harder than having a business somewhere in Carl place or, or Syosset where it's uh, better access, uh, what's nice is that we have most of my clients are coming from out of town into Oyster Bay to, to do classes or to uh, go on dives. Uh, so I think logistics of getting here is probably the hardest part mm. of, of running the business uh, dealing. I've never had any issues dealing with, uh, with towns or beaches or getting permits and stuff like that. It's uh, I've all, I've always found that pretty straightforward.
0: I think, and I think that's one of the keys to being successful here in Oyster Bay because, you know, the population here is what, 6,500 people, which is not, which is not <laughs> really, that's it, it is, it's, it is very I small thought, town. I thought it was one either. of the smallest. Um, but, um, so, so obviously if you're, if you're a local business, it's very hard for you to make a living off of the 6,500 people that live here unless, you know, cause at some point you're going to run out of people that want to go scuba diving. Yeah, you're, you're generally <laughs> yeah. not,
1: I mean, yeah. uh aside from the restaurants in town or right, you know, the I mean, place like
0: two spring, uh guy, a chef with a reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the people, I mean, there's a lot of oyster Bay folks that live there, but I mean, you know, I, I, I love the place. I can't afford to eat there every week. Yeah. I would love to. Um, I, I think they, think they, they're an amazing addition in the neighborhood, but I think they draw a lot from outside of oyster Bay. And I think that's really the key here to being successful here, unless you're operating some kind of a, uh, I don't know, like a, Bagel store or something, yeah. you know, where yeah. people are going to come in all the time. I mean, I'm surprised Southdown has made it as long as it has.
1: <sighs> I, I they, well, they serve pretty good coffee. They and, do. And I, the coffee, I enjoy it. I,
0: this is not a commentary on the quality of Southdown's product, which is which is mm-hmm. s- superb. um I just every time I go in there, you know, it's it's like five or you know four four people in there. So you know, and I, I just wonder how <laughs> places like that survive.
1: Well, I wonder how a lot of places in Oyster Bay survive. Just uh, and just based off of how many people I see go in there. Uh, But uh, everybody has a different business model. So it's kind of hard to say that, uh, you know, when you charge them $6 for uh, a cappuccino or something like that, maybe that's, that's the the key to it, or maybe they're not surviving. It's just, you know, they're still just hanging on like a lot of other local businesses.
0: Well, there's a lot of open and shuts, right? I mean, they, uh, the Gambino
1: bakery that
0: turned into a different bakery before in the, where they're in the spot where Subway used to be. And
1: I don't think I even got a chance to go into that, that bakery. It was good, it was good. But you know, I guess that that wasn't even a a year, right? No, I yeah. mean they tried. They
0: uh, they had, they transitioned. They they um, at nighttime, they had a uh, a menu. You could go in, they set up tables. You could eat like it was an Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they did everything they could, and it just wasn't enough volume going in there. Yeah. So now now there's a bagel store going in there. Um, Eventually, wood right. <laughs> fired bagels. They okay. they've been working on it. Over the past week or so,
1: I'm expecting this place to be really, really nice. Me too. <laughs> and how, Me how long is it going to operate for? Or you know, um, I think that's uh, that says the fact that uh, we're kind of like making a joke that we're not we're we're excited to see something come into town, but we're not incredibly enthusiastic that it's going to stay around for a long time. It kind of <laughs> you, says something. About you don't want to get attached. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I'm attached to the brewery and I don't think they're going anywhere, but that's because they're supplying beer to the Islanders. Yeah, I I they, they're, not they're not going, going anywhere. Right. Uh, and of course, Canterbury's has been there since time began. They're not mm. going anywhere, you know, but, uh, mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, they're, they're a little, uh, they got, they've gotten a little pricey over the years, but well, I just don't, I don't understand who their clientele or who he's, or what, what clientele he's going for, you know, Canterbury's, or Canterbury's. Yeah. yeah. I just don't, cause you go in, uh, we used to go in all the time and, uh, and the food was good. The the staff was great. And we just, we enjoyed that bar or enjoyed that restaurant. And then over the years, you policy changes or this or that, it didn't just become cost prohibitive to actually go there quite often. Uh, I agree. Uh, Aaron and I, when we
0: first, moved to the neighborhood. That was sort of where we would go to get a drink on a Saturday night. And that's where I met kids. That's yeah. In fact, I have Canterbury's to thank for my, <laughs> uh, the last six years of diving. Um, because we, we, Aaron and I were looking for a house uh, in Oyster Bay. We were living in Syosset at the time, running a place. And I was thinking, boy, now that I'm back in Long Island and the kids are starting to get a little older, I can go back to scuba diving. Where on earth am I going to find somebody in Oyster Bay that knows where I can get certified as a scuba diver. And then we ended up sitting next to you at the bar, mm. struck up a conversation and lo and behold, you're a scuba instructor. That's serendipity. If I've ever it, heard it of is. That. Yeah. Oyster Bay serendipity. Um, unfortunately that wouldn't happen anymore because neither you nor I, much time at Canterbury's <laughs> anymore. Um, I, we, Aaron and I still go there occasionally and we bring the kids after like soccer practice
1: or something, get a burger you know, if you're ordering a burger, it's not terrible, but the- no, I don't think the food's bad. I wouldn't ever, I don't, I, I wouldn't the food's it's, fine. Just, uh, I, last time I was in there, uh, I got a, I got a beer and I just came in from Manhattan and I, I commented to the bartender. I said, uh, you know, that I actually had a Guinness in Manhattan times square that was cheaper than <laughs> drinking one here in Oyster Bay, which is, uh, I mean, everybody's got to pay bills, right? Everybody's got to make money, but it it just... Yeah, I don't know what
0: that guy's rent is or... Yeah, it's got to be
1: astronomical, you know.
0: But, I mean, you look at a place like across the street, well, a couple of dearly departed places like the Chocolate Lady and uh, the Mad Potter that both existed for a few years in Mm -hmm. spaces literally right across the street from Canterbury's. And, you know, I have no idea what people charge for that kind of space and, and what kind of nut you need to to, to make i, I looked month.
1: into it when i wanted to uh, a few years ago when i was really considering opening a storefront right in uh, downtown uh it was it's pretty amazing how much uh you know the rent is going to be down there and mm. for the fact that the majority of my clientele isn't from oyster bay and i don't think that uh i would have to diversify uh, my offerings drastically right you know offering rentals offering uh uh adventure tours and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> <Which> <laughs> dolphin tours of long island i would <laughs> it, it would i'd have to get real creative and find a real niche to be able to 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 afford it uh you know i think for a lot of these places the minimums are looking at at least $3000 a month for wow. rent and uh for some businesses that might be all that they pull in mm-hmm. you know yeah so i don't know and and i think 3000 is probably on the low side especially for a really small storefront uh some of these places could be way more than that
0: yeah, it's it's uh, it's really something. I I spoke to Nat Kingsley today, who who owns the new sporting goods store in town, mm-hmm. and he's gonna he's gonna come on and talk a little bit about uh, about what it's like to have a business in in the town. Uh, I don't know what he pays for rent, and, nor did I ask him. But uh, that's got to be one of the interview questions. It, <laughs> it, it does, but you know, I people don't want to answer that question, you know, and and I understand that. It's uh, you know, but. You know, I remember something he said to me when he opened his store and we were in there. He said, you know, some days, you know, you have a certain amount that you need uh, need to make in a in a given day. Some days it's just like two guys coming in and buy something.
1: You know, it mm-hmm. makes all
0: the difference between making the rent and not making the rent. You
1: know? Yeah, that's a tough way to live. And that's it, a tough way to really run is. a business.
0: Especially in the age of, uh, you know, online shopping. And-
1: well, th- yeah, that's, I mean, that's the biggest uh a competition especially with all these stores uh and it's amazing i go like for a perfect example i go to nomins for almost everything yeah me too right except for maybe a big thing i might go to home depot or uh, or order it off of amazon but i like the fact that i could run down to Nodman's in the middle of a project and i'm probably gonna be there three or four times in the middle of that project because i'm not very good at <laughs> right <laughs> home improvement projects but uh you know you you establish a relationship with them and they're able to give you far better advice than I think, uh, somebody working at Home Depot part-time. Right. Assuming you can catch the guy at Home Depot running up and down the aisles. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I send my wife in and usually if you have a wife or something that you could kind of put her there looking (laughs) lost and then you'll have two or three guys come over and ask uh, if you need any help. It's a good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I I
0: agree with you about Nobman's. I, uh, I went went in there last week with one of my sons who was doing a school project. And I, I, I said, listen, I need to build the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Do you have anything I can use for that? Yeah, PVC like, pipe downstairs. And, you know, went through the whole thing. I mean, that—that's the that, real one, or did you have to? <laughs> no, know, you know, to, just a, a facsimile. But uh, you know, the realer it looked the better or great it was. Yeah. So you know, we just did did model it off of the uh, Indiana Jones one, or <laughs> uh, I don't know. Jack had a picture he found it on the internet. <laughs> was, right. okay. well, the hardest part was fi- finding the two flying angels on top. Mm. Um, anyway, I mean, well, Buckingham's
1: that, you would, if you right. went there, you would probably that actually could have gotten the, the angels there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a shame. That place had been around since I was in grade school here.
1: Yeah. That Uh, I would only go in there when I could think of the most random thing I needed to buy. <laughs> I need a, a ping pong ball, a spatula and a whistle. Where could I go? Oh, you know what? Buckingham's. Let me go there. And they would have it. Did they, and they, yeah, they would always, they have would it. always have, yeah. it, you know, yeah. They wouldn't have, uh, you know, anything else you actually needed, but the, if you needed a really random thing, a mm-hmm. stopwatch, uh, you know, you could go in there and they'd have it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a shame that that kind of place, I don't think that's, that's an oyster Bay issue really that they couldn't survive. Yeah. I mean, that kind of
1: place didn't survive uh, anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't, you know, but now we have the brewery there. So we I do think, have the brewery. I, I think that's, that was an improvement. Yeah. I,
0: you And no complaints about the brewery. Maybe, if they serve food, I would be happier, but you know, I guess they can't. So
1: yeah, I think it's a lot easier just to, to not, well, I mean, they have pretzels. They do have pretzels and you can bring they in pretzels. all your own food yeah. uh, that you want. Yeah. So we actually, uh, our, our plan is usually to get tacos at, uh, Ludes, and we bring mm-hmm. the tacos over to the brewery and have a beer there for tacos a from where Ludes. Oh, one, right is that how you pronounce that? No, no, I'm probably, uh, yeah, I'm probably, I not. think it's Ludes. Okay.
0: Uh, I'll take your word for it. You're Rivera. I'm
1: a Rukowski. (laughs) Does Rukowski know how to pronounce "Lourdes"? I I could still be mispronouncing it. uh, (laughs) As a disclaimer, but uh, yeah, the the, her tacos are fantastic. So we would just bring uh, bring her food over there.
0: Mm. I'm gonna have to do that next time. Yeah, that's the way to go. Tacos. I've been in there, but only to buy like tortillas and stuff. I've never actually gotten uh, the tacos. No, you're missing out. Why am I not getting the tacos? I gotta go in there and get tacos. (laughs) Um. So Danny, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you to, um, I don't know, take scuba classes, buy the book, whatever, just interact with you in some way, how, how would they go about doing that?
1: Uh, you can email me at goodlifedivers at gmail.com or, uh, you can, uh, find me on Facebook with the good life divers, uh, that page there.
0: Okay. Um, or you could put in the show notes, the, uh, I will the put it in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a podcast, right? We That's right. Wait. Some show notes. Yeah. There's going to be show notes. <laughs> I may even throw in a couple of pictures and you know, that's, that, that brings to mind, uh, if you have any videos of that Bayville submarine preferably yeah. on a good day, <laughs> send them over to me. I, I know
1: I, I got some the ones from somewhere. like a one or foot, one or two foot visibility days where it's just black. I can, yeah, y- no, that could be anything. Right? No need for those. i <laughs> <No. laughs> will take the other kind. Uh,
0: yeah. And, uh, are you, uh, you're accepting students this year for, I mean, we're Absolutely. coming up on dive season. Yeah, so, well, uh,
1: yeah, the, the season really never ends. I mean, there's always classes going on all year. I was teaching one this morning. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take new students and show you the the wonders of the sound. And, awesome. the, and the ocean. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a worthwhile thing.
0: If you've even been curious about what's under the water uh, off the shores of Long Island. Uh, and it's a skill that's portable. You, you get that card and then you can go down to the Caribbean and think about how easy it is to dive down there and (laughs) how amazing it is, you know, and how Uh, much better Beekman beach is. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, uh, Danny, thanks for coming on and, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the time. I know you're a busy guy and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk again soon. All right. Thank Thank you for having me. All right. Take care there you have it, folks, my conversation with Danny Rivera. Tune in uh, next week. Not sure who the guest is going to be yet, but hopefully it'll be somebody amazing. All right. Have a good week. Support your local businesses and take care. Bye-bye.